Blog Talk Radio. Hey, what up, Q? What up, Radio World? <laughs> My name is Quincy. show this special halloween edition my name is quincy and this is my show and tonight we will get crystallized and talk about some current event topics i'm on cardi b and donald trump and we'll just have a general discussion about what scares you you know there's so much going on in this country um we're on the verge of going to war it seems like every other week and you just have just just so much that's happening and so we'll discuss what scares you and maybe what should scare you. But uh, first, let me explain how this show works for those of you who may be new to it or just forgot. This show is a platform for you. The callers, the chat room participants, the social networkers, all of you have the opportunity to voice chat or tweet your opinions to me and be heard worldwide and completely uncensored. Because here on T2Q, there are no experts just opinions. Unlike most shows where you simply just listen to the host talk on and on, I allow you the opportunity to speak your mind. You can join my show legends each episode and discuss a wide range of things like relationships, current events, sports, politics, and more. This show is very informal by design because, let's face it, my style is very unorthodox in nature. The topics are random, but they're relevant with what's going on in the world today. The call-in number to step on your soapbox is 347-202-0215. That's 347-202-0215. If you decide to call in and you get the urge to voice your opinion, then after you connect, simply hit one on your dial pad. That lets me know that you're ready to speak, and it places you in the host queue. And please mute your phone if you're not speaking at the time because background noise picks up easily over cell phones and headsets. Now, another way you can contribute to the show is to follow me on Twitter at TalkToQ. 
There is a live tweet chat that occurs during the show, and you can respond to some of the same questions that I'm asking over the air in most cases. Please search and use hashtag T2Q to read and respond to all show tweets. If you want to learn more about me, the show, or the show legends, then journey on over to TalkToQ.com. And if you can't listen to the entire show live, then you can find T2Q on iTunes and just pick up where you left off. Maintenance complete. T2Q show number 200. I'm sorry, 200. Good Lord. What am I thinking? 738 out of 750. We'll go ahead and kick off right now after a word from one of my sponsors. I bring thunder and lightning every single time. Thank you, Buck, for sponsoring the show. Let's get to it. Let me get to the phone lines. To the 850 area code, the Emerald Coast line of Pensacola, Florida. To welcome on the man in black making his way to the ring. What up, Buck? What up, what up? How's everybody doing this evening? Doing well, man. I appreciate your sponsorship. I received your check for $3 today, and I thank you for that. Ain't no problem, but, you know, it's all good. And yeah, if you did say it right, short two hundred show two hundred. It'll push it back a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm looking at the number and I don't know where the two came from. So uh I think it's fatigue, man. I really think it's fatigue. It's been a crazy forty eight hours. Dang. All right. To the two four eight area code outskirts of the motor city of Detroit. To welcome Happy Halloween, Crystal, your favorite day of the year. Thank you. How are you? Hey, Buck. And yes, it is my favorite time of year. Happy Halloween. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I can truly be me. <laughs> well, I appreciate you taking the time to join the show tonight and not out cruising on your broom, but uh, it's always good. <laughs> oh. All right, so we'll go ahead and kick this thing off, and we'll do it the right way. Play clip now. It's time to get crystallized. Okay. <laughs> anyway, um, I'm Crystal Higgerson, and here is the Talk to Q's What's Trending report brought to you by GeekCrystalize.net. Well, we are in the midst of a very horrible Halloween. Um, it started off with yet another terrorist attack. Well, first of all, um, <clears throat> breaking news regarding the terrorist attack Um this attack happened in Manhattan, um, in New York City. Um, the gunman was looks like he was on his way to the World Trade Center, but um, he has killed eight people. But I digress. The driver of a rental truck, and he um, had a uh, he rented a 
uh, truck. I think it was from. Oh, I can't. can't remember Home Depot. Here. Home Depot. Thank you. I didn't even know they rented out trucks, <laughs> but apparently they do. Anyway, he drove down a busy bicycle path in Manhattan and also a jogging path near the World Trade Center, killing eight people and injuring about a dozen others in what officials say was an act of terror. After crashing the truck into a school bus, the suspect exited the vehicle while displaying imitation firearms. None of them were actually real. They were BB guns and um, things of that nature. Um, He was shot in the abdomen by police, but he is fine. Um, The suspect, a 29-year-old man, is in police custody and was taken to the hospital for treatment. However, he has now since been released from surgery. Um, He left a note claiming that he um, did this because of ISIS. So we don't know exactly um, if if that is actually true. The note was literally just found. Uh, It was found near the truck, so it wasn't found in the truck um, that he was driving, but they feel that maybe he dropped it as he was getting out of the truck uh, because he kind of played around for a little bit, kind of walking around in circles, probably hoping to be shot dead. Um, But he was shot, but he was not killed. So, um, of course, they took him to the hospital. Now what, what they're trying to do right now, the authorities are going to finally read him his Miranda rights because he was injured before that actually happened. So it's an interesting discussion that is happening right now. But yet again another terrorist attack where he just kind of drove his truck into people who were just uh, walking, jogging, bicycling around. Very horrible you know happened what? today in Manhattan. And and that's scary. I mean, when you think about it, you're not in the street, so you're pretty relaxed and pretty comfortable. And yeah. that just seems to be the thing now. These people are driving trucks into crowds and we've seen it overseas in Paris and other places. And I guess right. now it's something we have to really start watching for here. I mean, I can only imagine a place like Bourbon Street, you know, they're going to have to really make sure that they just barricade the entire street off because all the people are drunk and they don't know what's going on. Well, you know, the idea, of course, is to disrupt um, not just American life, but a regular life of people who are um, tourists, who are just going about their daily lives, um, free, having a you know, a good time in, in you know, their culture. And so it's 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 really trying to throw people into a militarized state of martial law where you can't do anything, the freedoms and that's what they want to take away um the freedoms of those uh who are you know, not going through such degradation and what what's happening with ISIS. But, you know, ISIS will take responsibility for just about anything. <clears throat> they took the responsibility for what happened in Las Vegas, even though there was no connection. But um, the thing is, they will take responsibility. But on the other hand, even if this guy, they don't know whether or not this guy was actually affiliated with ISIS, or if he just wrote the note or someone dropped it or whatever the situation. But the mere fact that um, 
he would even, even if he had no contact with ISIS, would write that. Or And he did call out Allah Akbar, um, God is great. And he did call out that uh, as soon as he got out of the uh, out of his truck. Uh, he is not American. He he is uh, from overseas in um, Middle Eastern region, and they feel that maybe he came through Africa, which is more of a not a a place where you would think any any other refugees or whatever would be coming through right. or any of the ISIS people. But they're using this. But the thing about it is, it's not just about people coming from overseas. It's also about people who are right here who have these same kind of uh, feelings. When they, you know, ISIS targets these young people. He was 29. They target young people who feel that they're lost, you know, and they want to rebel, and they know what they're doing. You know, they kind of um, they target these kinds of people. It's really sad. You know, it's a shame because I remember back in the 90s, there was a boxer named Prince Hassan, Prince Nassim Hamed, and the prince used to always fight in Detroit because he was Muslim, and it was such a huge Muslim population there. And yes, at, the, at the end of his fights, he always said Allah Akbar, you know, whatever. The end of his fights, and yes. here we are, and everyone was screaming back, and it was just a chant going across the crowd, and it didn't strike fear in anybody. You know, this was 1997 or something like that, right? So 20 years yeah. later, when you hear that, you literally have to just run and try to look back later. I mean, it's just amazing how things have changed and you can't just do simple everyday things anymore, which like you said is what they want, but right. I mean, shoot, even without ISIS like today in downtown Jackson, um I know of a lady who she was parallel parked and I guess someone was texting and driving and veered off the road and hit her car and knocked it on the curb. I mean, just jacked the back of her car up. And so um, ISIS or not, you got to look what's going on when you're on the streets, but it's a shame that you can't even be on a bicycle trail without worrying about someone trying to drive down and just run you over. It's, It's sad. Absolutely. Well, closer to Detroit, or actually happening in Detroit, Cardi B, who is now recently engaged. Uh, Before her show, she had a show here in Detroit um, on the weekend. So before her show at Detroit, Masonic Temple, this Saturday, rapper Cardi B was awarded a Spirit of Detroit Award. And Detroiters are pissed. In a response, um, the city of Detroit, um, they put on their website, a Spirit of Detroit award can be requested from any council member for a person, event, or organization being honored for an outstanding achievement of service to the citizens of Detroit, which actually enraged Detroiters even more. <laughs> um, Hip Hop Detroit radio station Hot 107.5 made the nomination and Detroit City Council they approved it. Detroit's Cash Doll who is also a former stripper turned rapper just like Cardi B uh, was apparently baffled by the whole thing and expressed her confusion on Twitter. She said, I can't believe my city and shit 
is disrespectful. Cash Doll also said she already has her own Spirit of Detroit Award. I got one. She, but she goes on to say, it's just weird. <laughs> I just thought you had to put in work in the city in order to get um, something like this. And she said, this is, why would another artist in Detroit get this? And so, yeah, it's really interesting, and people have been really buzzing about it locally here in Detroit. I've heard it on just about every talk radio um, talking about it. I mean, it's just been the topic. And it also um, has been topic nationally. But here, which is hilarious part to me, here is what Cardi B, um, the Bodak Yellow singer, got what she's famous for outside of her act. Um, <laughs> she um, was also getting ready to marry um, rapper Offset, who is of the Migos, if you don't know who that is. Um, this is what she had to say about her award. Or when she Thank you, Detroit. Thank you, the City Council of Detroit, Michigan, for giving me the Spirit of Detroit Award. And this means so much to me. That's what I like to do. I like to uplift people, um, spirit. You know what I'm saying? Through my music, my videos, you know, if you're having a very bad day and if your life is miserable or just just to unwind yourself, I like you to come to my page, make you feel better. And just always remember, people, if you think you're ugly, there's somebody out there that's uglier than you. Thank you, Detroit, for giving me the Spirit Award. This, this really means a lot to me. Thank you, guys. I love y'all. <laughs> what do we okay. do for <laughs> Oh my god. If you ugly, just remember there are people <laughs> uglier than you. Spoken from our great sister soldier Cardi B. <laughs> I mean this has been playing all day. People have been talking about this and playing it. It's just Ridiculous. And what does she have? I think the okay. What is pissing people off is number one, not just because she's not from Detroit, but that is a big thing. But it's like, well, what did she do? What has she done for the city, or for people, or for Flint, or for anybody in the metro area? Maybe she's been a strip club. Her, yeah. uh, that's all I can say. Yeah, maybe she's been a strip club. But people who think it's just some bullshit is just, you know the local entertainment just pandering to her because she has the greatest song out and all this bullshit and her future wedding is about to be all over BET or, or, you know, with Mona or whatever. But they're just, you know, it's just bullshit. There's so many artists right here in Detroit who are uh, coming up, up and coming. Uh, you know, Cash Doll is one of the ones. You know, so many others. I mean, it's just like, why would you give it to this rando person who, what, has nothing to do with the Detroit on any level whatsoever? But it's hilarious. You know I guess it's, I'm glad to kind in a way, I'm glad to kind of see this, Crystal, because <laughs> two years ago, we gave the key mm-hmm. to the city of Jackson to T.I. And as far as I know, <laughs> okay. that might have been T.I.'s well, first time at least. coming to Right, but as far as I know, that might be his first time coming to Jackson. I don't even remember T.I. coming to Jackson for anything. 
Now, someone yeah. said he came um, a few years ago and spoke to some kids or something. I don't know. Maybe he stopped by at a Waffle House on his way through town or something. But to give someone the key <laughs> to the city, you know, yeah. I mean, it just blew everybody away. And it's nice to see that Detroit uh, is just as crazy as the city of Jackson. <laughs> I mean, how, what do you feel about, how do you feel about Cardi B anyway? Because to me, uh, I mean, yeah, she's nice well, to look at, but to me, she's... she's well, she's okay to she's look at, as far as I'm concerned. She's not beautiful. But the thing she's about nice it is, body. she... Um, and she's nice. she, you know, the thing about it is, she is a reality TV star. I, I do remember, I stopped watching um, Love & Hip Hop a while ago, but she... Um, I remember when she did come on, because I remember she had that red wig, <laughs> and I was like, oh, I'm going to lose it. And but then I stopped watching, not necessarily because of the show, because other things were going on in my life, and I just didn't have time. But um, when I came back, all of a sudden she was like this big it girl. She when she first came on, she was just a regular side character, and then the second year was that she was on. I guess it was last year or whenever year before. She um, had became really big, and then she. She left the show because she started her rap career. You know, she makes money moves. Okay, so um, she doesn't have to, you know, strip anymore. You know, it's in her song. So, so therefore, she doesn't have to do this anymore. So people are really excited about, you know, the album. They're saying that it's really good and that she has a, a lot of. This is the first single, but she has a lot of great stuff on there, and people are loving it on underground and everything. And that's like, well, that's great. You know, that's wonderful. Um, as a female uh, rapper and everything, um, I, I'm sure. Well, Nicki Minaj is not that impressed with her, but any other than that, uh, you know, she's doing her thing, so that's great. But she's not Detroit, okay? Oh, who the fuck are you? All of a sudden, that's my favorite term. Who the fuck are you? Yeah, but it's it's an actuality. The the award itself is not that big of a deal. It is like the key of the city, it's like those kinds of things. You usually award that to, you know, your prodigal prodigal son come home or that kind of a thing. You give it to those kind of people who have done great things in your particular city or who just, you know, maybe gave a whole bunch of money or something, you know, whatever, opened up a school. You give those kind of people the key to the city or if they've done something nationally, that's amazing. But um, you don't give it to just some rando. And I'm sorry. I love Cardi B, no diss to her, but she's a rando when it comes to Detroit. <laughs> okay, so I don't know. It is well, I don't love Cardi B. I think she's just another manufactured rapper, and um, I'll leave it at that. Know. People like her, man. People, like, I like the song. I don't really care for her voice, but I, I like the song. Oh yeah, um, she has like she's one step below Rosie Perez with the voice. <laughs> I wouldn't I'm go that serious. far. And I wouldn't even give Rosie Perez, you know, that much of a diss. <laughs> but, yeah, I get it. All right. Well, speaking of sex, Netflix has suspended production of House of Cards. And I don't know if you guys watched House of Cards. I tried to watch it and to get into it. But, but I love I loved <laughs> uh, Kevin Spacey. And this is what this is about. The production of the final season of House of Cards was suspended today, two days after its star, Kevin Spacey, 
was accused of having made an unwanted sexual advance towards a 14-year-old boy in the 1980s. Now, in a statement, Netflix and Media Rights Capital said that the studio said that the production has been halted to give us time to review the current situation and to address any concerns of our cast and crew. Now, the thing about it is um, Anthony Rapp, who is an, an actor, he started out as a child actor. He is currently starring in the new CBS um, Star Trek Discovery, and you must have access online in order to get that, by the way. Uh, anyway, he accused Hollywood legend Kevin Spacey of making sexual advances towards him when he was only 14 years old. Spacey was 26 at the time. It happened after a party, and at some point, Rapp said he turned to Spacey standing at the bedroom door, and that's when he first realized that everyone else had left the party. Now, he was only 14 years old at the party, and these were basically adults. It was a party for the production that he was in. It was like a Broadway show or something. And um, he was in the bedroom watching TV because, you know, a bunch of adults, you know, it's no big deal. He just sat in the the bedroom. Um, And then afterwards, Spacey came in, he was drunk, and clearly drunk, and he kind of fell on top of the boy and started, you know, asking for sex or trying to get at him. And now Spacey has said that he doesn't remember what happened and that he's always been gay. (laughs) Not that that matters, but he thought he'd throw that in there. Um, And that he, um, he was drunk. So, but my thing is, if you remember you were drunk, you know, how do you not remember the night itself? But anyway, he just said he was really drunk and didn't remember this actually happening, but he was very sorry. But there have been many other things that have been happening or people have known about Kevin, um, just like so many others that are coming out right now in Hollywood. This is obviously a norm. That if you want to be want to make it in Hollywood, you got to give out. You got to put out. That's what the couch is all about. We talked about this before. That's what it's all about. And now all these people are talking about the fact that they have been abused sexually, or someone tried to, um, you know, use them for sex in order for them to get jobs. Some of them actually did some of these things so they can continue. That's why they're famous. You know, I don't. I, this is just horrible, but this was Hollywood, you know, and basically it still is Hollywood. And um, I don't know. I just think that this is, I don't know what's going to happen with Hollywood. I mean, you can't ban every, we're not going to have anything to watch. No, we're not, but it's just so much grimy. I mean, Hollywood is grimy, just like almost like the porn industry at this point. I mean. Oh, it is. Oh, yeah, Absolutely. No doubt, no doubt, are being exposed, and which is a good thing. And you hope that it encourages people to maybe come out when it happens, rather than years later. Hopefully, people develop a little more um, courage, you know, by seeing these others. But it's a shame. And then he didn't deny it. He just said he doesn't remember it. Oh, by the way, I'm gay. And I mean, so. 
My goodness. And, and uh, of course, you know, gay his people. Me- his, memory, um, his memory is not that damn today. bad. His He's what? His memory is not that damn bad. If you remember how he oh. was drunk <laughs> and, he, and he always been gay, that's pretty much admitting it without Maybe saying it. Maybe he always gets drunk at every party. Right. I don't know. Maybe that's how he knows that. But, I mean, this yeah. is... This is a double tragedy because not only are you sexually assaulting someone, this is a child. Yeah, yeah he was like 14 years old. He was a little kid. I mean, yeah. literally, a little kid. Good. And he looked Kevin. like a little kid. They showed pictures of him when he was when he was little. He looked like a little kid. He actually he has a baby face, so he always kind of looked. He looked kind of like a, a little kid. So he really now, looked like that then. So that's really no excuse. I've always been a Kevin Spacey fan. I thought he was great in Seven. I thought he was great in what was that American Beauty? That weird oh, creepy movie. American Beauty. Yeah, statutory rape. Um, ironically. Yeah, and it's uh, basically about that. Yes, you know, or try to. I don't know. Do right. they actually have sex? I can't remember. Um, but I yeah. Remember. I mean, so. I, 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 I don't know. I, I don't know. It, it's to the point now where as a fan, you wrestle with your morals. It's like, okay, do I still yeah. become a fan of this person? Or because they're a creep, I probably shouldn't become a fan. And I try to separate the talent from the person, but it gets harder every day. Right. It's always a story coming out. That's true. And I did finally watch Chris Brown, speaking of which, Chris Brown's um, documentary um, that's on Netflix. I think what is it called? Um, this is me or something like that. Um, and it was actually really good. <laughs> it was really good, and it really talked about. Uh, he 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 really goes into the situation between him and Rihanna, and he plays out it actually everything that happened on that night. Um, and I actually believe him because he was very honest. He didn't you know, make it sound like it was her fault. Actually, he put it mostly on himself. And um, even though he did tell, you know, what happened, which sounds like a typical fight that you have between girlfriend and boyfriend and someone's cheating or whatever or thought to be cheating. And Rihanna is, you know, she's from the islands. (laughs) She's pretty hot-headed. But, um, of course, it doesn't excuse anything, and he doesn't take... uh, any kind of excuse for it. He says it was wrong and just so many different things. And they had been fighting constantly in their relationship anyway. They were just very passionate and emotional, you know, when they came to each other. But um, so that, that was really eye-opening and very, very good. I, I recommend it for people who um, who want to know more about what happened that night between him and Rihanna. And, you know, and one thing I forgot, and I think a lot of people forget, they were like 17 and 18 years old. Yeah, they were very really young. Are, are around the same age or whatever. I think they're about the same age. So, yeah. And you think about that, you know, to put it in for, you know what I mean? And I think maybe Rihanna is maybe a year or so older than he is, maybe. Um, I'm not sure. But I'm not sure. But anyway, yeah, these were kids. You know, uh, but Anyway, but it's very good. I, I I do recommend, you know, if you haven't seen it, to watch it. So, very eye-opening. On the political front, um, the president 
digested the news for the first indictment. You know, the popos are coming. They have came for some of his people. Um, and his special counsel, Robert S. Mueller, third, probe was exasperated and discussed. Um, he called his lawyers repeatedly. This is Trump. He was very upset when he was watching, you know, all the indictments come down. He listened intently to cable news, commentary, and with rising irritation, he watched live footage on the one-time campaign advisor and confidant, Paul Manafort, turning himself in to the FBI. So basically he was going crazy that this guy was going to snitch or something. Uh, you know, he's like, you know, they got him behind closed doors. So what's going to happen? Um, right. I don't know if we all been in that situation, but, you know. Um, so frustrated that the media, of course, the media's fault, were linking him to the indictment and tarnishing his presidency. He cheered oh, no. that, the char- <laughs> that the charges against Manafort and his deputy, uh, Rick Gates, primarily on activities that began before his campaign. Trump tweeted, there is no collusion. But the president's celebration was short-lived. A few minutes later, court documents were unsealed, showing that George, oh, God, I hate his name, (laughs) an unpaid foreign policy advisor on Trump's campaign, pleaded guilty to making a false statement to the FBI about his efforts to broker a relationship between Trump and Russian President Vladimir Putin. The case provides the clearest evidence yet of links between Trump's campaign and Russian officials. We go now to ABC, where Dan Abrams discusses the Trump This investigation is not over. This is just the first step uh, for Mueller and his team. But it is absolutely true and absolutely fair to say this had nothing to do with Donald Trump, meaning the indictment itself. And as I read through, I took notes for myself on all the key points in the indictment. Basically, they're saying that he was hiding income that he was making by working for Ukrainian officials. He then laundered... Pro-Russian Ukrainian officials. Exactly. Pro-Russian Ukrainian officials. He laundered much of the money. There's a quote in there. He said, lived a lavish lifestyle in the United States without paying taxes on much of that money. They then go through that $75 million flowed through those offshore accounts, that they defrauded U.S. banks, hid their lobbying work by not reporting it as required by law, and they lied about it in tax filings and other official documents. Would they bring these charges if they didn't at least have suspicions about broader activities? Yeah. I mean, look, these are, these are federal prosecutors who, when they see a crime, are going to pursue it. This is certainly within the purview of the independent counsel and the team. And as a result, it is not surprising uh, that they're bringing these charges. The question remains, when the president has the power of the pardon, does that still have the kind of weight, meaning the ability to say, look, you help us, we'll help you? <laughs> This is just, it just keeps, you can't write this shit. (laughs) If someone decided to make a character who's going to run for president, win, and all this shit keeps coming down, you would say this is some Hollywood bullshit. Yeah, this is entertainment, but this would never happen in America, blah, 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 blah. This shit is happening. I have always said 
that I don't know what happened, but on the night of the election, we have entered into the dark universe, and this is happening in the you know in the real universe. You know, um, Clinton is president, and everything is fine, and we're just going on about our boring lives. But in this dark, oh, what, what do you call it? What was the universe with Superman when they were um, on the other side? What do they call it? Reverso? Uh, bizarro or, World. Uh, bizarro yeah. World. This is fucking Bizarro yeah. World. And <laughs> something has happened, you know, a glitch in the Matrix. I don't know what it is, you know, something that, you know, that that is ha- I don't know. But this is not supposed to be happening. <laughs> and well, this is the, crazy. The thing, the thing he is here with these indictments going down, um, what's going to happen is they're going to find out, you know, the dirty is going to come out. And as a result of all this, he will have to step down. Um, but I think what we're going to see is going to be unprecedented, unprecedented to something. Not only is he going to have to step down, his whole cabinet, including the vice president, is going to have to step down. We're going to have to have whole new leadership. Exactly. And th- yeah. that's what people don't realize and understand. The reason why they're pushing for this because they know, I mean, they wouldn't be going for these indictments if they did not realize and understand that they, you know, they have proof on this. There's no way he can fight it. There's no alternative he's going to fight. You know, they have some alternatives and whatnot. They're not going to have enough money. The bottom line of it is the presidency, as we know it, will be the first time in U.S. history that we will not have the president that was elected. Now, not only will we not have the president elected, we can't go back and put Hillary in there either because she got her own set of issues that she's having to deal with, and she can't murder fast right. enough to keep herself clean. So we're going to have to have either somebody, you know, whoever's the third in command and fourth in command will be president and vice president until we can elect a new president. And that's what we're looking at. And whether people want to believe it or not, that's where, that's where we are, and it's going to happen. Oh, I agree. I really agree. Yeah. And it's really sad, too. Um, this reminds me of an episode on Scandal. I think this just happened last season. Um, <laughs> they had to redo this everything all over again. They had to do the presidency. I don't know if you guys are watching, but it was really interesting. Yeah. And so this is basically happening right now. Not only, not only that, I think not only is this going to change, you know, as far as, you know, who's president, who's vice president, but not only that, it's going to change the election process. We're not going to have these issues for the next election. Um, these, you know, it's going to be way different. Our, after this this past presidential election, I think things are going to be entirely different from the election process for the president from here on out because of all the garbage that we've had to deal with with this. Um, I think you're going to see a changing in, as far as the democracy goes, as far as, you know, Democrats and Republicans, because they really don't have to pick and choose their people that they plan on leading their party with the utmost of importance because, I mean, this last presidential election was garbage. We know it was garbage. We knew it was garbage when he was elected. We knew it was temperate when he was elected. It's not that we did not know these things. We knew that. So I think you'll see some changes in the electoral college. This is monumental is what, what this is. So, you know, them going through through this and making sure that they have indictments 
and everything like this, yeah, he's shaking in his boots because he knows that he's not going to be president of the United States for very much longer. His days are numbered, and everybody knows it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I think that um, we can be the ones who can tell our grandchildren, you yeah. know, we I don't remember where I was when this happened. Right. This, is, this is actually times that are happening right now. Well, I am Crystal Hickerson, and you can find out more headline and celebrity news at crystallize.net. Make sure to subscribe to the newsletter and to follow us on Twitter at the Crystal Show and on Facebook at Get Crystallized Now. Back to you, Q. Thank you very much, Crystal. And um, I wanted to just add in one thing. Um, did you see the video on Wendy Williams today? No. Yes, when, uh, yeah. Wendy Williams went down like a rock. But you know what? Okay, I'm maybe being a little, you know, skeptical. I don't know. It kind of looked a little fake to me. But I could be wrong. So? <laughs> I don't know. It's just the way that she kind of collapsed. It was a little dramatic. But it was dramatic. I, you know, of course, I feel for her. You know, of course, and they said that she was just hot or whatever, you know, because of her outfit she had on. But she always wears yeah. crap, so I don't even get it. But I don't know. I just think maybe it's a little... Because, you know, the heat, quite frankly, is on her, pun intended, regarding her husband and the whole thing about him and his infidelity and all of that. So, uh, you know, I think maybe she's wanting to shift a little bit, you know. I don't know. I could be wrong. Okay, and um, the memes are all over the place. It ain't even 24 hours. Uh, it's like they have one that said, when you first see your first loan payment after graduation, and I mean, the memes are all over. It's a shame. <laughs> Hopefully she yeah. she's okay, but uh, it was just kind of weird watching the whole thing, so. All right. I wanted, I wanted to add one more thing on this Kevin Spacey thing, too. Um, he um he tweeted out, you know, in the event that you know he he puts out his sincerest apologies if he did if he did behave as he described, um, it would have been deeply inappropriate drunk behavior, and I'm sorry for the feelings he described having carried with him all these years. So I thought that was really odd that you would make an apology like that. And you claim you didn't, you know, like like we said earlier, that he did not remember. Um, admitting this on Twitter, I mean, I, I know it's past the statute of limitations, but still, just not yeah. right. And, I mean, and, and you know, he, he, as far as he's concerned, his Hollywood mm-hmm. career is over. You know, so. Oh yeah, no, he's pretty much done. Yeah. Luckily, he's already, you know, has millions and millions. But the thing about it yeah. is. Um, I think they really need to look at that statute of limitations, especially with everyone coming out, because the the really the thing is when it comes to rape, which is something I know firsthand, it takes a while for people, male or female, yeah. to come out. It takes them years, first of all, to grow yeah. up, 
secondly, to find the strength um, to come out. And not everybody can do that. Um, they yep. feel terrified of the person who, who you know, who rapes them. So, and, and not only that, it's the shame of society um, that says that, you know, somehow you must have caused it somehow by whatever. And, yeah, so... And then the fact of, like, statutory rape, which is another thing that I think is very very real, and a lot of mm-hmm. people like to shove it off as, oh, well, she looked like she was 21 or she acted like, I mean, what the fuck? <laughs> he knew or they knew, whatever. I mean, I think really, yeah, the statute of limitations really come off of that. And, and people, whenever they come out, it should be investigated. I agree, um, especially when it comes to this kind of thing. I mean, it, it, it takes so long for that to come out, and when it does, it's painful. And the, I think a lot of that has to do with they think that they're going to come back and be raped again by that same person. So it's just it's an unfortunate yeah. circumstance, and you know we're seeing a lot of you know a lot of people go down for this. So um, and they pretty much get away with it scot free. And, you know, it's time for at least statute of limitations to go away when it comes to sexual abuse. Yeah, and I mean, a lot of times they just don't want to face their accuser in court. And you don't want to see them again, you know? Yep. Right. So it can be a yeah. lot of things Terrifying. that go on. Yeah. But um, I don't know. We'll see if anything develops from that. And if other people come out since... Kevin doesn't seem to remember what happens when he drinks. But, uh, I just, I just, I just want to say that for the record. I'm sorry, can you hear me now? Yeah, yeah, I can hear you now. You were breaking up bad. I'm sorry. I just was, I just, I just need Sam Jackson to be clean. No skeletons in the closet for Sam Jackson. I couldn't take that if <laughs> Sam Jackson, if something came out and Sam Jackson, you know, like, you know, sexually assaulted some nineteen-year-old Jewish girl or something oh, like that. God. I don't I need that. I couldn't imagine that actually. And we run, we're running, we're running out of, we're running out of people to look up to. <laughs> so, I just need Sam Jackson to true. drop f bombs and keep making money in movies. Yep, that's all I need. And what's in your wallet? Exactly. Oh, that Al Green when he's singing uh, "Still in Love," that is hilarious. Yeah. So. Oh God! So we need some Sam Jackson uh, um, drop. I know, right? Yeah. So. All right. So we'll go ahead and get into it. It's not a tweet chat tonight. I wanted to mention that for those out there who probably are looking for things on Twitter. But um, okay, so we know how the media is always putting things out there to scare us, and then there's some things that we should be afraid of that we're not. But I just want to take a few random topics, kind of jump around a little bit and discuss them. And one of the things I want to discuss, which has been very prevalent um, here in the local news, and I know it's made some national news too, is the opioids epidemic, okay? And um, if for those of you know I'm on radio, I'm saying epidemic in air quotes. And Crystal, I'll start with you. Is this to you a real, well, I'm not going to say it's not a real problem because it does exist. Okay. But is this something that's kind of like, 
flavor of the month as far as maybe a, um, a distraction from other things? Uh, or do you think that it's something that people are actually trying to resolve? Because there have been problems with drugs all along, all right, especially street drugs that affect the inner cities. But now that they're, the drugs are moving to the suburbs and the more affluent areas and they're easily obtained through doctors, it appears to be a problem. I mean, how do you look at this whole thing? Is this something we really need to be focused on? Well, yeah. I mean, you definitely should be focused on it. However, my problem is how it's being dealt with criminally, which is basically not being dealt with criminally. It's mainly being looked at as some sort of, you know, just a disease or a mental situation because it's coming from white, white America in the suburbs. Now, crack, same effect, okay, same epidemic, and but it was happening to poor people in the inner cities mainly and, and you know, in poor areas, so therefore it was criminalized. But the opiates are not being criminalized. What they want to do is put people in the hospital, get them treatment, and, and which I found incredible, is that they actually want to put, what, uh, some needles or some, um, like an overdose needle or something in Kroger's or just in any pharmacy USA so they can go in and get? I mean, what the fuck? What? I mean, so it. Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. I don't know in front of Google, but you can look it up. They want to put um, where you can go in if you feel like either you or somebody else is uh, about to overdose, or maybe you can get it before, like an EpiPen. And um, <laughs> and you can just, you know, bring yourself back to life, you know, like that, um, what was that scene in Pulp Fiction? <laughs> you just bring them back. So, um, so yeah, so it's not really looked yeah. upon criminally, which I find very, very disturbing. I find it racist. It's because um, it's definitely dis- discriminatory against poor people. It's because they're sick. Well, the people on crack are sick too. Okay. And or any drugs or alcoholism or whatever. These people are, are sick as well. So I mean, it all comes from the same, you know, thing. It's different when you're when you're on crack or some some drug that you can't get up get through a prescription. Then that just makes you a drug addict and a low life and um, something else. Well, yeah, and then also that okay. I'm glad you brought that up because it has to do with the physicians. That means you have to criminalize the physicians on a real level. They become drug dealers as opposed to upstanding doctors. But we can't do that because pharmaceutical companies, you know, which are kind of tied into all of this, spent more money on campaigns than even the NRA did last year. Exactly. So, you know, there was a – I saw a report on – I don't know what I was watching, maybe NBC World News – I think there was a small town in North Carolina that had like, I don't know, 800 citizens, and they received over the course of like a year or two, like 9 million um, Percocet pills or something, 
in this town. Mm-hmm. And I'm yep. like, come on, about 800 people? I, I mean, so you have incidents where they're flooding the market. It's just like drug dealing, you know? It's no different than a plane dropping off a big crate of drugs somewhere in the Florida swamps for somebody to pick up and distribute. It's ridiculous. And I don't think it's any different than the war on drugs that Nancy Reagan started back in the 80s. I mean, no, it's you know, not. The only difference is that the people are poor. Huh? I said the only difference is that the people are poor. Um, and these people now are usually, you know, affluent or able to get, you know, just quote unquote regular people who lost their way. <laughs> AKA Ridiculous. Ridiculous. So all right. Um Buck, you wanna chime in on it? May I have to give you two cents? Yes, I mean, I think the opioid crisis is just really, it's uh, it's in the epidemic proportions. Um, you know, I remember saying back in the late 90s, I said, you know, um, prescri- pre- prescription drugs is the wave of the future. Um, because that, I mean, the thing is, is that everybody, didn't, even then, you could see in the late 90s, Going into the early 2000s, the people were getting addicted to the medicine. Um, most of today's medicine now is actually based on heroin. Uh, and the bad part about that is all the, I mean, listen to all the side effects that you hear every time that you see a new medicine come out. Back in the day, late 60s, 70s, we had medicine that actually cured, cured ailments. Now, the medicines have so much junk in them because they're so, you know, they're synthetic. Mm-hmm. And and, they, and the thing is, is that, you know, if it's based on a on an illegal drug, how in the world is it supposed to heal the problem? You have to take another, you got to drink, take another five or ten pills to counteract what the one you're taking, that you're actually supposed to be taking. You know, the cure, it, it, nothing's curing anything. You're taking something to counteract everything. And the more pills you take, the more expensive it is, and the fatter the pockets are getting to the pharmaceutical companies. So there has to be a change in, in the way the medicine is being made. It needs to be more plant-based instead of, you know, made in the lab. I mean, you can still make it in the lab, but it needs to be, you know, that's why, a lot of the, you know, all-natural medicines are actually working. Um, there's an all-natural medicine for any kind of ailment you have. Um, and something else that the pharmaceutical companies are doing, um, uh, this man who had actually brought this up with her uh, condition when she had, you know, breast implants and she had them removed, um, if, you, if you look at some of the things she's been posting um, on Facebook, a lot of the people that push um, – medicine, you know, push all natural medicine, have actually mysteriously end up being killed. I can't remember the exact number, but I know it's in the hundreds. And um, I think the pharmaceutical companies are doing that so they can continue to push their drugs that don't work onto the public. Um, It was a very interesting article that she posted I read a few months back that um, stated all of this. 
So not only are they pushing bad pills onto the American people, they're also killing off the people that are actually pushing good drugs that actually work, that are actually cure you. So it's a big that needs to be addressed, and we need to pay attention to it because the medicines that we're taking now are not, they have no effect on you. Um, not even the antibiotics, you know, the antibiotics that used to work on you back in the, ni- in the 80s and 90s, that shit don't work. And you're going, you're still yeah, sick. Yeah, we haven't had an antibiotic in decades. Yeah. So that's just, you know, there has to be change because when you deregulate something, this is what I tell people all the time, when you deregulate something, that gives them the ability to do whatever the hell they want to as far as, you know, it doesn't matter whether it's pharmaceutical or whatever you, that you're dealing with. Regulations are in place to keep them in check. And once you de- and once they deregulate it, the pharmaceutical companies, they have gone buck wild. And as a result, we're suffering for it. It's a shame. Well, that's true. But to me, it, it, it still brings us back to um, the most of the blame is the physician. Because you got a lot of crooked physicians out here. Because they're the, they're the middleman, basically. I mean, you have the pharmaceutical companies, yes, who are making these drugs or whatever. But it is a physician to prescribe to the type of patient that um, is actually needing these high-level doses of pain medication. Now, I work in hospice, so all of my patients need this type of medication because they are in pain, extreme pain, and they're dying. Cancer patients, you know, others on the extreme levels. However, the problem is, and even some of the ones that they prescribe in the beginning because they've had an injury or whatever, however, they continue to prescribe when this person is clearly should not be in pain anymore and gone to the psychological because how these medications affect you, if you're not in pain, then it does cause euphoria. If you are in pain, you do not have that effect at all because it affects the actual pain mechanism. So that the brain is not in pain, and it's like, you know, <laughs> what is this? So that's to me, it's still a problem of the physician. And, yes, they're getting kickbacks, they're getting money, they're getting, you know, all these things in order to continue to have these available. They give them away for free for a minute. They hear, take a few of these, and then we'll see if we need them anymore, et cetera. But the bottom line is, to me, in the end, when someone is saying, hey, I need more whatever pills because I'm obviously still in pain, now, the physician should say, okay, this is not real pain. Now this has gone to something more um, psychosomatic. So what we need to do is get you to a counselor to deal with what's going on and to wean you off of this is what they're supposed to do. But they don't do that because they're too interested in the money that they get, which, of course, is unethical, and they should, um, they should lose their license. But a lot of them don't because, again, it goes back to the pharmaceuticals and say, no, no, no. And, and, they, and they have lobbyists and they have, you know, all these people around. It's all about money. 
So, but now it's an epidemic when you just given people something. I mean, this is Rome, people. We're gonna fall. Pretty much. It's a shame. It's a shame. So, um, we'll see what happens with this epidemic and how they fix it. But uh, like you, like Crystal alluded to earlier, it's not like um, they're trying to criminalize. It may sound like it's that they need to make arrests. They make it sound like they need to put people in rehab or something. It's ridiculous, and no one is going to do a thing because there's too much money involved. All right. Um, on a local note, you need to fear the former mayor of Jackson. Former mayor of Jackson, Tony Yarber, who um, just lost the election this past uh, summer, caught a man trying to break into his vehicle, and Tony took the man down, and on video, he spanked him, a 22-year-old man. He got a paddle. <laughs> he sat Good. on top of the man while talking to the video the camera and said if someone had done this when he was a kid, uh, I can't remember the exact quote, but essentially, if someone would have yeah. done this when he was a kid, he wouldn't be doing this now. And he beat the man on video, and it is the funniest thing ever. I posted it in the T2Q group if you want to go take a look. But uh, props <laughs> to the mayor of Jackson for not playing. But uh, so criminals need That's to avoid his because that man is not playing. But, all right, I want to talk about something that should scare people, but it doesn't. All right, now a lot of people get pregnant every year. You talk about an epidemic. <laughs> a lot of people get pregnant every year. In order for you to get pregnant, you have to have unprotected sex. Okay, unless you're using sure? a person. Unless you're using Are a you person sure? Person. Where are you getting this information from? <laughs> <laughs> Unless you're using a turkey baster, there are exceptions, but uh, <laughs> for those who may be desperate. But all right, my thing is something you should be very afraid of is, is not necessarily uh, getting someone pregnant if you think you can afford the child or whatever the situation is. STDs. You can't get me to believe that STDs are just prevalent throughout this country because of all the unprotected sex that goes on in this country. There are too many babies. I mean, just think about it. For every time someone may get pregnant, this person may have had unprotected sex 10 other times. I mean, I mean, Buck, it is, is safe sex still something that you consider, or do you roll the dice? Well, in today's time, I, I think you really need to play it safe because you got too much stuff that's out there now that just doesn't wash off. And as we just spoke about, as far as medicine goes, that shit ain't going to work. So you really need to, you know, you need, if you're out there single, you really need to pay attention to who and what you're dealing with. Hell, you got to, you got to do something. You got to have a checklist now when you date somebody, because you got to make sure these jokers are actually female or male because they may have switched somewhere down the road, too. So you almost damn near have to ask for a fucking birth certificate. So, I mean, it's just to the point now where you just you got to play it safe. Um, you got to know what you're doing. I don't think you need to be intoxicated or high on any kind of drugs or anything like that when you 
trying to meet with somebody new that you you know you're trying to get to know, um, you you got to have some protection of some sort. Because if you don't, I mean, you are actually playing Russian net because you just don't know what you may be getting yourself into. So um, you mean going at, a, at the age of getting out there and just going, you know, rubberless or with, you know, or without any kind of protection because if you're not, you, you're putting your life in your own hands. All right, and Crystal, what about from a woman's perspective? Because, I mean, women are quick to say that all men are dogs and all of this. So if you know the man's a dog or if you know that he's a cheater or whatever, why in the world do you let him run up in you raw? Or, I mean, why not make him wear some protection? And I don't – help me understand But okay, okay, okay. This is this question is like, why do you eat ice cream when you're fat ass? I mean, cause it's good. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's true. Anyway, it's better raw. Everybody knows that. Okay. I don't know what exactly. you're talking about here. Everybody knows that. Number one. Number two, yes, you sh- definitely should be wearing a rubber, not only for the protection of, you know, different diseases, STDs, but for pregnancy um, as well as taking the pill or whatever else you're using. Um, but people do it because they're in the heat of the moment. They want it. They want it now. Um, I don't know if you've experienced passion before, but um, it's pretty powerful. And, um, you know, it's just like cheating or whatever. It doesn't matter. It's just the two of us, and we're hot, and we're passionate for each other. And and you're talking about, I don't have a rubber. It's like, ugh. (laughs) Let's just do this shit, man. I mean, I mean, yes, okay. You're not supposed to do that. It's horrible. You're supposed to, I don't know what you do after that. I've never had that situation. Um, but, um, right, stop. What? Stop. Can't stop. <laughs> it's a, it's a, the point I mean, of no return after certain things. Look at it like things. this, Chris. Look at it like this. Okay, what? I've, I've talked yeah. to a guy who... I mean, said basically he played Russian roulette most of his adult life. And he talks about how great it is, like you said, you know, uh, which I mean with ice cream, you know, you eat a gallon of ice cream, you can go to the gym the next day and take care of that. There's not enough treadmill you can do to get rid of an STD sometimes. But exactly, he talks about how after it's all said and done, he immediately has regret. And I'm like, how can you put yourself through that? You know, I, I mean, it's, I don't know. It just doesn't seem worth it. Okay, first of all, okay, look, we are pleasure creatures, okay? We want to feel the pleasure, even if it's just for a moment. Because, you know, a lot of the times, most things in life is just pure pain, horrible, whatever. But just for a few moments, 
I just want to feel good. Now, I don't. It, it, depending on who you are and the type of person you are, maybe the mere fact of having all these rules and regulations about how, what I'm going to do. What, what was that movie that I cannot stand and I, should, I want to burn? Um, oh, the one where the uh, was. Oh, right now. Oh my God. Booty call. Okay. Booty call. Okay, first of all, in Booty Call, everybody remember that movie? Um, I would have totally, the first time this bitch said to me that I got to go down to the corner store in the middle of the night and buy some whatever the fuck she was trying to get first, rubbers and then this and then now, and then the rubber wasn't right. And I'm like, I would have said, okay, I'll be right back. And I would have kept walking, okay, and got in my car, and I would have went home or went to somebody else's house, did another booty call with somebody else. Ain't no way in hell that would have been possible because, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's like, yes, you are supposed to do what's right, and you're supposed to probably the best thing to do is to ask the person beforehand, before you get all hot and bothered while you're still sane, um, ask them about, you know, their sex, you know, and even some people nowadays, of course, they may even want you to go and, you know, let, let's see your test, make sure you're not HIV positive or whatever, um, or have herpes, I don't know which one nowadays, I think herpes is still worse, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know which one, um, but as far as pregnancy, eh, pill for that, I mean, there's a pill after the fact that now. So, yeah. Uh, there's still abortion. It's still legal. So, you know, you can get that taken care of. But with a, you know, with the STD, a lot of the STDs, yeah, you can get it taken care of. You got to still take a shot or whatever. Some of them, you know, you may have, it may be chronic or whatever. Um, of course, HIV is still chronic, but, you know, you're probably going to die. You know, now they have great pills for that. So, um, but in the end, it does matter what you do beforehand. Um, I, I, I think so. I mean, just like you said, yeah. you would have left the house and went to someone else's house. That's why you oh, went okay. there. <laughs> because you're not the only one. I mean, so oh, I, yeah. I think that's yeah. even yeah. more. Well, yeah, and, and they do make. I guess, um, better rubber now that are Oh, yeah. You don't have to worry about lifestyle, lifestyle condoms strangling your, your, strangling your junk yeah. anymore. Yeah, lifestyle wow. condom make you change your lifestyle that you got them damn things bust. Oh, but the boy. bottom line is, you know, you be ring riding before you know it. Um, I know. But, you know, them damn okay. things bust. But you know, what, you know, we. But the thing is, we do like it raw. I mean, I ain't gonna lie. I mean, screwing's cool, in the words of Eminem. <laughs> but um, uh, but the bottom line of it is, is that uh, you need to cue that up, by the way, cue. But um, the bottom line of it is, is that you know we do have to start thinking about that. I mean, yeah, you know I mean, you, you break out in the club or whatnot, and you meet a young young lady or whatnot, and you thinking about going ahead and knock it down, but you know. 
it's just, you know, and yeah, in the heat of the moment, you ain't going to stop to find out whether you got a condom or not. You're just going to go ahead and bust it on out and knock it, knock it down. Um, but, you know, you really got to think about what you're doing these days. And it's a, it's an unfortunate part of life that we got to think about. But, shoot, I mean, we've all been there. I mean, it's way better natural than it is with a piece of, you know, piece of rubber on it. So Man. it is what it is. And then you wake up the next morning, your penis is in the toilet. I mean, it's like, <laughs> I think, don't get me wrong, things happen. Okay, yeah. things happen. We all take chances in life in some shape, form, or fashion. And I'm not going to sit up here and act like I've worn a condom every single time in my life or whatever. But for some people, like the guy I was referring to, this is just what he does. I mean, this is just what he does. He rolls the dice. And he admittedly says he rolls the dice. You know, and that's just how he lives. And I just can't bring myself to do that. And like I said, not only do we have a bunch of babies that come out of things like this, you have a lot of people walking around here sick than you know. All right. Just like you're not going to get me to believe that Magic Johnson is the only athlete in the NBA that had AIDS. You're not going to get me to believe that. Or whatever. You know, no one in the NFL has no. AIDS, never had AIDS. I don't believe that. This stuff goes on. These people are out here walking around who's sick and they're not going to tell you because they're ashamed and they're giving it to you. And I just think people need to be careful and just consider that. That's all I'm saying. Be careful. Be mindful. If you want to do it wrong, get tested first. Like Crystal said, you know, take care of things where when it's not so hot and heavy so you won't get caught up. That's all I'm saying. That's something people should be afraid of, in my opinion. Yeah, right? this is a public service announcement. <laughs> so, one more thing, and then I want to kind of shift gears a little bit. But uh, kind of back to politics. Do you, are, are you all, and Buck, I'll start with you on this, are you afraid of the potential of World War III? Do you think that we're on the verge of a world war with the way this administration is going? Um, it seemed that way at first, but I don't think we're actually headed to that now because there's so much disarray at this point. I think that, I mean, I hate to even say this, but I think some of our other, some of the other war leaders are like, you know, why don't we just let this play out? You know, let them self-destruct, and we may not have to have a war. I mean, it's just got, it's gotten to that point because it's just, I mean, there's so much just ridiculousness going. I mean, every single day, if you watch any kind of news, even if you don't want to watch it, even you, you can turn your computer on, and if you have news on your computer, it pops up. Or if you just happen to be passing channels, you see something stupid that he's done. Or if you look on your social media account, you see something that's stupid that's happened. It's gotten to the point to where it's just, I mean, it's like it, let's sit back and watch and see what happens. Because that's where, I mean, that's where it is. So I don't think, I mean, at the beginning of all this, I would say, yes, I was thinking there may be a world war. But at this point, I think it's a wait-and-see type deal to see who's going to take over because that's – I think that's where – I know that's where we're headed. 
Durant World War? Right. Breaking up. Sorry. Crystal, are you afraid that we can be heading towards a world war? Um, actually, um, I have to agree with Buck. I mean, basically what he said is, is what I thought. I mean, yeah, I was, yeah, it kind of comes in waves for me. I mean, at one point I'm like, uh, this is stupid. No one, you know, really interested in him. And then another point he'll say something really ridiculous and start pissing people off. And, you know, um, you know, so I just, I go back and forth with it, but. I don't know. I guess I'm I'm ready and prepared for Mad Max. So, I think I'll survive the whole, you know, the nuclear Mad war Max. and I'll be on the other side. You know, I'll be underground and I'll just have to this is what I'm preparing for. This is what all this bullshit has been about. <laughs> for me to be, you know I don't know. I just I just I don't know. Anyway. Um I just, I really think that, I think, I think uh, what Book was saying was kind of on point is that, that if you just look, if I was, you know, on the other side of it and my nemesis or whatever uh, was talking shit all the time and, I don't know, he's so erratic that it's, you know, it's hard to take him seriously, even though he is the kind of person who's a little crazy, that's why they do still have to watch him and pay attention that now they're beginning to see that, yeah, they don't really have to do anything. It's not like someone who's going to be here the next eight, you know, well, ten years or whatever, because people are going to get him out. I, I mean, I can't even see him lasting another year. I mean, maybe he will, um, but I, I think that they literally are going to impeach him and indict him. <laughs> but... um yeah, I, I really, I don't, I don't know. I don't think, um, I don't think World War Three, in the way we think of it, is what's going to happen. I think, actually, what I'm most afraid of is um, just the fall of America. I think there's going to be a crash of some kind or, um, of this government, and you know, yeah, it's going to be kind of an interesting next couple of decades. But I don't know if it's a nuclear war will be the the catalyst of it. I think it's just going to be just the fall of this country. Okay. All right. And just one more thing before we switch gears. I do want to mention that this is the last day of October, which is the last day of Breast Cancer Awareness Month. And that's something that everyone should fear. Uh, be sure to get checked. All right, breast cancer is a serious deal. Um, we all know some someone or somebody or know of somebody who's been affected by different types of cancer, and especially breast cancer, probably in a lot of cases. So just um, be sure you get checked and you know keep the tatas, um, fill on them, let you, let let your significant other fill on them, whatever you got to do, and try to stay on this planet because. Um, <laughs> It's really affecting okay, a lot. Okay, Hugley. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> you have some men out there who would gladly check. They'll line up on the street and let women come by. They'll gladly check them. So. Anyway. All right. Feeling, feeling on so, top tops. Top tops are cool. 
Right. <laughs> <laughs> Let's, get all this. Let's get some new drops in here. Right. Yeah, no, right. All right. So moving on, I just wanted to just talk about uh, horror movies, the state of horror movies. Um, I watched a movie this weekend called Wish Upon, and about this lady that gets yeah. this box, this music box, and she, whenever she makes a wish, it comes true, but it comes true kind of like in the worst way. All right, of and course. whenever, it, whenever she makes a wish, uh, someone dies. So it was kind of like a Final Destination type of movie. It was pretty good, you know, like a lot of psychological thriller type of deal. But, Crystal, let me ask you, what happened to the slasher movies? I mean, all the movies we get now are paranormal activities or some other type of deal, but what happened to just a guy with a knife going around killing people? I mean, wasn't that fun? No, they were stupid. Um, first of all, I'm glad those are gone. Uh, secondly, I'm, I'm waiting out the whole paranormal activity bullshit. Um, I'm really glad the whole chick with dark hair Japan shit finally is ending. Um, the grudge and the rain and all that stuff. Yeah, all that stuff. The bottom line is it's just about jump scares. That's what's in right now is jump scares. So um, so there's a lot of more like millennial type of um, stuff that's coming out that having to do with the internet. It's just it's based on nothing. It's horror porn is what I call that genre of stuff. Um, you know, it has no substance. You know, and they just regurgitate crap. So, and and I I, I put all of that kind of stuff into that category. Whether it's you know, I know what you did last summer kind of stuff they're doing now. I mean, it's all the same crap. Okay. The horror well, genre has 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 just. Uh, if you want something different though, Crystal, go to Netflix and start looking for Japanese horror movies. Um, oh, those are disgusting. Those are some of them are subtitles. Those... Man, some of them are so. I don't. Exciting. I don't do subtitles. Some of them are so exciting. I mean, from beginning to end. That's where we just... got the grudge from. The grudge. We got the grudge from this shit. And Man, got, I mean, they got one about zombies called from train train to Busan or something like that. About yeah, I don't like zombies. Oh man, I don't like zombies either. But that movie is it's it's exciting, mm. really exciting. But Buck, I know you're a it's Michael Myers. It's all boring to me. Buck, I know you're a Michael Myers fan, man. I know you have an appreciation for the guy going around killing people, the Freddy Kruegers, the Jasons, heck, even the Chuckies. Yep. What happened to them, man? How come we don't see those anymore? I just think that, you know, the genre of all of that, actually, I got a friend of mine that actually owns Christine here in Pensacola. He's a Stula fan, and uh, I know he's having some fun tonight with Christine. Really? But, um, oh, my God. That would be amazing. Yeah. And, um, you know, both of them were, you know, Halloween and John Carpenter, you know, also, you know, he had that. Uh, Christine was kind of similarly based on um, Halloween a little bit as far as, you know, the except the car is the star. But the cool thing about, I mean, you don't have the cool, nobody has really, you know, the slasher films have just not, 
you know, they, people just are not doing those now because they're doing that, you know, the paranormal, you know, because that's what's hot right now. And, no, I mean, I know a few years ago that Rob Zombie kind of tried to reboot the Halloween series, and he really made a gory-type Michael Myers, way more gory than what John Carpenter did back in the 70s. Um, he only did two of them. Uh, wish, really wish he would have gone uh, gone a little bit further with it. But, um, you know, you don't want to – sometimes the classics, you don't really need to continue those, you know, or re- try to reboot them. Sometimes you got to come up with something new, and nobody's really kind of done that. You know, you need – you know, it's time for a new slasher-type um, guy that can't be beaten this you know, this you know, just different from any of the other ones that we've seen, and kind of update it to now, you know, to the, today's time. Um, right. You know, I you mean, it's time for anything new. I mean, yeah. I, they got what's this movie out now? Jigsaw is that like Saw number twelve or something? Yeah. And it's like, I mean, Saw is so it's so crazy. It's like, okay, you have to tell me what is six thousand eighty five. Divided by 412. If you don't tell me, your third son will die in a car crash. I'm like, what? This is a movie? <laughs> you know? Yeah. And so I was like, yeah. I'm looking for just something simple that I can turn my brain off and watch this guy who never runs, but he's always behind you killing people. You need something. You need, you, you know what you need? You need somebody that's, you need somebody that's different. You need somebody that sometimes runs, sometimes doesn't. You need somebody that's always serious, you know, not, you know, Freddie was kind of, he added fun to the killing, but you need somebody that's a throwback to Michael Myers, somebody that can just, just fuck you up. I mean, and just tear you up and kill you in different ways to where it really just screws with your mind a little bit. You need somebody that, you know, you just need one that will just, you need somebody new and different, somebody that's, you know, that you're just not expecting. Um, but at the same time, gets the job done, you know, and we just hadn't had somebody that will actually, you know, I'm quite sure there's a book out there on some, you know, some crazy book or something that's been written that somebody can, you know, maybe make a film off of to make a series of a, of a new type slasher killer for Halloween. And I know there's one out there, you know, just nobody has, Decided to dive off in that, but I mean, I, I know who your next big into, horror star is. Your next big oh, horror star is Steve Steve Bannon. Have you seen that guy? Oh yeah, I, I mean, tell you, good gracious, he looks like man. Man, he's in bad shape. He looks like death warmed up. That dude is that ugly. That jump got heart disease. He looked like he might be an alcoholic. He might be on some kind of drug. That joker is jacked up. That guy, that joker got some. He got some serious issues health wise. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> he looks like a test no a test patient for cryogenics. I mean, he just does not I, look good. So, but I mean, I, I would like to see the return to basis on some things. Just have a mindless slasher movie. You know, not necessarily the prom night type of movie, but something that has a little staying power. You know, yeah. a really likable character like a Freddy was, but well, all I right. Think so the last, couple... sla- the, la- the, the last slasher movie actually that I it, it was low budget, 
But Jeepers Creepers was a was an awesome take on a new type slasher, um, one that comes around every few years or whatnot. I thought yeah. that the way the Jeepers, Jeepers Creepers thing, in fact, I dressed up as them a few years ago. That was pretty cool to find all the stuff and actually do it. I scared the shit out Didn't of some kids that came movie? to the house. I I'm think, no, I've only seen two. The they may be working on the third. I thought I saw something similar release. All right. It may be. So, I don't know. Crystal, you still with us? Uh, yeah, yeah, I have nothing All to right. contribute, but yeah. All right, a couple of rapid-fire questions, and we'll get ready to shut things down, and you all can just answer um, at will. But uh, scariest horror movie in your life? For me, The Exorcist. For me, it was actually Halloween, because when Halloween was one of them ones, I mean, you hear your people talking about the boogeyman and all that kind of stuff, and then the movie comes out. When I was a kid, I was actually scared of it, but, you know, as I got older, I thought it was fun to be him. So, you know, but as a kid, it was, it was actually Halloween. Okay. Mine's The Exorcist, too. I saw it one time, and I've never tried to watch it again. Um, even though The Serpent and the Rainbow scared the devil out of me, too. All right, so who yeah, is your favorite favorite horror character? Like, who's your favorite boogeyman or boogie, so to speak? For me, I would have to, I mean, I like dressing up as Michael Myers and scaring the shit out of people. But actually, Freddy Krueger was pretty fun because he actually enjoyed killing people, and he actually made it fun. So I would have to say uh, Freddy Krueger, especially the first three, I think Dream Warrior Three was probably the best one of the yeah. I think it was great. Kruger series that was yeah. hilarious. I had I don't think I've ever had that much fun in a damn movie than watching Friday, um, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street Three. That was too awesome. Well, my favorite character, my favorite character would be um, Norman Bates. Okay. Okay. Right. Okay. All right, so you might have to think hard on this one. Who is your favorite hero in a horror movie? Like, from what movie did you really enjoy the person who kind of took the monster down? Um, I like the couple that actually took down Christine at the end um, because it took two of them, and that's something that you really don't see in horror films. Um and, you know, at the end of Christine, I, I mean, it was just, I think that was pretty cool to see two people working together to try to take down the foe. And um, those, those, are, those are the two that I like. Crystal? Um, I don't really have a hero. Um for for any of the horror films. Uh, <laughs> for the good ones, I usually root for <laughs> the bad guy. Oh, Lord. Um, and the ones, the people who survive are like, okay, great, you survived. Um, guess, I will, well, I guess for an exorcist, it would be, of course, the young priest, or, well, actually the oldest, he was he was the one who, you know, took the, the demon inside of him and I thought that was kind of you know, selfless that kind of a sacrifice. Um 
So, yeah, I guess that would be the only one I could think of. Because in the, in the type of, of genres I am more interested in when it comes to horror, um, there really is no hero per se. There's only survivors. People who just survive. Okay. You know? I um, I've only seen a couple of the movies from the series, but I was gonna say Sigourney Weaver's character in Alien, but um, okay. I have to go. Yeah, I don't consider that horror, really. I feel that that's a more of a thriller. I I have to go with, and yeah, and I guess you can it's subjective to what genre it is. But uh, what was my my man? Uh, was it Snyder? That uh, I think that was his real name, Roy Snyder, Rob Roy Snyder, or somebody that took down Jaws. Yeah, that was another thriller. But yeah, um, yeah, he's he's well, actually he was just really more of a survivor in that situation. Uh, he just survived. Well, I mean, they went out uh, hunting. You know, they went out to to kill Jaws. They. Well, yeah, but in the end, he he was the, the last. Um, yeah, he, they got Quinn. Just survived, you know, just survived it. I would say, if you want to say as far as Jaws goes, I would um, and I would put this on four. It made like the shark, you know, a shark killed all of the family except for the lady, who ended up being the one to kill the final shark, or at least the, the shark in four. So I would say the wife of Roy Schreider's character would actually be the hero since she was one to kill the shark in the in the the latest Jaws film, which was four. So I would say her because she's had to deal with the sharks through years, taking out each, you know, several members of her family except for one son and herself. Okay. There's Tara Reed and Shark Mano. No, I'm just kidding. All right, so <laughs> we'll go ahead and wrap things up. Um, I will try to be on the air again next week. <laughs> uh, almost didn't get on the air tonight. Had some technical difficulties, but luckily it got resolved, and I appreciate Crystal putting things together for us to get crystallized this evening. I always enjoy that. Sometimes I can come on the air and do that and sign off. It's so good. Um but we'll try yeah. to be back next Tuesday. And um, I interviewed someone last week, a young lady by the name of, of Alma, 29 years old, and we discussed relationships from a millennial's point of view. She's probably going to come on the show at some point, um, maybe on the 14th or the 21st, to mix it up with us and talk a little bit. She's a very bright young lady. And... Uh, so that's what we're looking at in the future for T2Q. But we'll get with our final thoughts. And, Crystal, I'll start with you, talk about um, anything you discuss and get crystallized. Some of the things that scares us or should scare us or horror movies, wherever you want to go. And if you still um, participate in Halloween or not, do you give out candy or do you just turn the lights off and hide in your house? Well, um... Oh, I can answer that question easily. Uh, <clears throat> no, I don't participate in Halloween anymore. I it's a favorite holiday, but um, I moved from a house, um, in, like in a neighborhood, to an apartment. So, no, there's no one that comes to the door. First of all, they couldn't get in because um, 
it's locked down. So you can't even get into the building. Um, number one. So, and we don't have any kids around here. I mean, have, I think there are some couple of kids downstairs, but whatever. Not really conducive for kids in this um, complex, which is why I love it here. The, um, but, you know, I, and, and Halloween has changed as far as trick-or-treaters. I think they're, I think things have moved more to major neighborhoods and people do parties now and they have events um, for kids. Um, and the, um, oh, what's it called? Where they, the trunk or treat, you know, where the people get in, go to an area and they kind of have a Yeah, like a church or something. Kind of go, yeah. I mean, it's a way because of the, it's not the way it was when I was a kid where we would just leave the house, (laughs) no supervision whatsoever, and just, you know, take over the street basically all night long, Um, you know, and collect candy and, 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 you know, we do it in our own neighborhoods and stuff like that. But now people are, well, things are more dangerous and you don't want your kids or whatever. And it's just, yeah. So a lot of people, and I've noticed when, you know, the kids were still in high school and below that they, that, you know, the, as the years went by, there were less and less trick-or-treaters. So, and it's sad because it's, like I said, it's my favorite holiday. You know, you get to dress up and you go to strangers and you ask for stuff and they give it to you. I mean, that is just amazing to me. So, um, I did want to comment on what Buck had said regarding Christine um, from my favorite author, Stephen King. Uh, and the book was better, of course. But the um, in the movie, I don't see the last two people as heroes um, because and I don't even really see them as survivors per se. I, I really see them almost as bullies who kind of got away with it <laughs> uh, in a way. I mean, because, okay, yes, granted, the uh, guy was like his best friend, you know, um, and, he, you know, he was he was a cool guy and everything. Um, but he kind of fell in love with his friend's girlfriend. <laughs> you know, cool. he kind of took her, and you know, and and with her, I mean, yeah, she tried to do what she can, but I don't even know if she really liked him in a way. I mean, I don't think she would have liked him as himself. But I really don't think she really fell in love with him. He fell in love with this caricature, was which was actually more like, you know, his friend than who he truly was, because he was actually in a way so he was he was possessed um, mm. by the original owner of the mm. car. So I mean, in the book, it really flushes it out and and, and you know goes through it. And it actually, what I um, liked about the book was. They told the story in two different perspectives. They told it in the perspective of the main character, and then they also told it in the perspective of his best friend, which was actually really interesting um, to get into both of their minds. That, but anyway, um, 
So I don't know. I didn't know if I really cared cared for them as heroes. But I'm glad they survived because, you know, they were okay kids. Um, and it's, it's, I mean, Christine is like an amazing movie. It's a part of that whole revenge thing, which is really yep. kind of cool. Uh, this is what you want to do. It's an anti-bullying movie, actually. <laughs> um, but anyway, um, good show. I'm glad you were able to, to get on tonight. And um, hopefully we'll see you be Halloween. Thank you very much, man. Bob, shut it down. Great show. Um, you know, we're we're looking at a time in our country where, like I said earlier, that we're going to be looking at some major changes coming up with these indictments. Um, a lot of people don't want to see. A lot of people don't want to see it. They don't want to hear it. You know, they think he's doing a good job, which he's not. If you look at his writings, they're the lowest, lowest that I've ever seen. Um, we're going to be seeing some major changes in our government here over the course of the next few months. Be prepared for it because it's definitely going to be happening, whether you want to believe it or not. Um, this was not the neither one of these clowns that we were that were running for president were any good. <laughs> I think we both we think everybody knows that, but man, I tell you what, we're going to be seeing some major changes coming up. In the next few weeks, so we all in the next few weeks and months, so we you don't have to be prepared for it and be ready. Uh, we just hope that the country can come together and we move forward from this, and we learn who to elect from here on out. So we won't be making these kind of bonehead decisions. I mean, when they say go to the polls, go to the damn polls and actually vote and put the correct person in office. So we won't be having, you know. Check his grandfather as president, but uh, uh, I guess you know since the red hair and all, he kind of does have that kind of check of hairstyle, don't he? Since it's Halloween, but anyway, um, you know as far as the Halloween, you know as far as horror genre in general, I think we need to get some young creative minds to come out there and bring the slasher films back. Um, I, I I just think that we need to kind of get back to that. You know, have new characters. We don't need to kind of base the new slasher, the, the slasher characters on or characters that have already been there, done that. Um, I, I just think that we need to, you know, there need to be some new creative minds out there. I'm quite sure there's plenty of horror books out there. And Stephen King has got plenty out there that probably could be uh, a film could be written and made off of one of his books um, and other horror writers as well. Off of Harvey Weinstein, Bill Cosby, and Kevin Spacey at this point. You got that right. Unfortunately, that's true. Um, so I, I just think that it's time for some new creative minds to get out there and start, you know, writing writing some scripts and getting some things done. I think it'd be I think it'd be really nice to kind of you know the horror fans would kind of hit a, a lull, so to speak, and. Um, I think we need to kind of bring back the real pillars and things of that nature. Um, it, it'll be really kind of cool to kind of see some of these horror films and kind of, you know, update the way they kill, so to speak, and make them, you know, make them scarier and, uh, you know, and make them unique and different. And then, you know, we'll go from there. Um, other than that, I, oh, I wanted to kind of, I'm going to plug my boy Bill. Since he's the, he's the owner, he's actually on my Facebook page, Bill 
Gibson. He actually is one of the two owners. There's only two cars left from the original Christine, and Bill Gibson owns one of them here right here in Pensacola. So I think it's pretty good. He's actually out of town at a function um, promoting the car. He gets invited to a lot of things, so that's pretty cool. But, you know, Bill's out there having fun with Christine, so hats off to him. And happy Halloween to everybody. And everybody enjoy the rest of your week. Thank you very much, sir. And, uh, yeah, the horror movie genre needs to step this game up for sure because it's sad when the scariest thing on TV last year was the 2016 election. So we definitely have to do better. Definitely have to do better. But, all right, that's all I have for this evening. And, uh, I want to say thanks for listening. Go to TalkToQ.com. Sign up for the email newsletter. Follow me on Twitter at TalkToQ, and that's Talk, the number two, and Q. Everyone um, enjoy what's left of Halloween. I hope you get a bunch of candy. Hopefully you won't go into diabetic shock or anything of that nature. Um, And we'll see you tomorrow on Zone Coverage if you're a sports fan. If not, we hope to be back here next week with some more current event, relationship, politics, whatever we want to discuss type of topics. So everyone have a good evening. Peace out. Hey, what up, Q? What up, Radio World? It's almost like posting a blog, except I'm doing it live. Go ahead. Oh, that came out. Oh, all kinds of freaky. That's not what I meant. <laughs> you want to be my blog lover. My name is Quincy. The Talk to Q Radio Show. But I do believe that the love for money and power most of the time outweighs their love for women. And this is my show. That's what I was saying, too. I think I was doing a lot of shows with this. Hey, what up, Q? What up, Radio World? Is that it? You know, I ain't telling you don't screw. Screwing's cool. Some women are down for it. You suck it. You suck it.